it's extremely important that we start to learn that like how we operate as a society has a very, very, very long-term effect on what we can and cannot deal with down the road. So if, you know, if you really do like live your life because I, my grandkids can't deal with this debt or whatever, like think of what else your grandkids are going to have to deal with if we don't stop giving all of our fucks about the economy. Forgotten Corner Podcast would not exist without our listeners. If you enjoy the work we are doing on this show and would like to support further, please consider a donation through our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash Forgotten Corner Pod, or visit our website, forgottencornerpod.com. Welcome back to the Forgotten Corner Podcast. We acknowledge that the Forgotten Corner occupies unceded Indigenous land. We acknowledge that the Blackfoot Confederacy never surrendered its land in the signing of Treaty 7, but agreed to share it. The Forgotten Corner sits on Treaty 7 and Treaty 4 territory, traditional lands of the Siksika, Kainai, Pekani, Stony Nakoda, and Sutina, as well as the Cree, Sioux, and the Soto bands of the Ojibwa peoples. We also honor and acknowledge that we are on the Métis Nation within Region 3, The Forgotten Corner is a proud member of the Harbinger Media Network. If you'd like to check out other progressive podcasts from across the country, click on the link that we provide in our show notes. My name is Scott Schmidt. I'm here alongside my co-host and good friend, Jeremy Appel. We're uh, a little short on what we expected for uh, today, but how the heck are you, buddy? I'm I'm doing all right. Really, um, really busy past couple of weeks. Uh, journalisming, journalisming, um, yeah. Which is, uh, I guess, nice as a as a freelancer um, to not to know that you're uh, getting a lot of cash soon for. Um, it's an important work. aspect of. And it just feel it. It really does feel so good once the uh, a piece you've written and like you know worked on really hard gets out there. And it gets good reception. Um, I wrote a piece in Canadian Dimension about how uh, um, the how Jagmeet Singh's um, Sikh uh, nationalist um, connections were treated very differently from Christy Freeland's Ukrainian nationalist um, connections um, that are a lot more uh, seem to me to be a lot more deep seated than Singh's. So. Um, that piece has been uh, very well received, um, and so that was cool. Um, I've got some other stuff coming out uh, this week, uh, you know, newsletters and the whole whole Megilla. So, so you're saying that a minority was mistreated? Yeah, versus yeah, a, a racialized person, person was accused <laughs> of being disloyal to Canada, whereas Chris, white girl Christia Freeland, you gotta be kidding me, whose um, whose office I don't know if you saw this, but um, when uh, Taylor Nopes, uh, who's freelancing for the Canadian press, reached out to Freeland's office to ask her about the uh the black and red scarf she was holding up at the right 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 or the right group do you think that that was fucking an accident like did you think that she had no idea what she was doing or do you think that she actually did know what she was doing well she she's smart enough to know what that symbol means no i I understand that i'm smart enough. she just doesn't care 
I'm smart enough to know what that symbol means, but I didn't know what it meant until I saw this thing. And I realized that she has like, she's far more privy to be like aware of something like that than I might be before this kind of thing blows up. Right. But like, I'm not defending her. I'm just saying like, do you, whether she should have known or not, do you, do you believe that she did know? Yeah. From what? Yeah, I, I believe she. No, I don't think she was, uh, you know, trying to promote actively trying to promote the Ukrainian far right. I, I just don't I, I think she doesn't give a shit. I think that, you know, um, there's a Michael Gnadiev in one of his old books. It's actually a really good book. Uh, Blood and Belonging uh, talks to Freeland about Ukrainian nationalism. And she says that, like, the Ukrainians still in Ukraine aren't real Ukrainians. It's actually the diaspora that. Um, sort of kept the flame alive of Ukrainian nationalism. So again, this is like um, her and the Ukrainian Canadian Congress and uh, um, all these other organizations. It's their fucking playground to start to, um, I don't want to say start World War III because, you know, so, they're I mean, being you follow invaded. This stuff, but... You follow this stuff pretty closely, like um, the the ukrainian canadian congress is that what it's called in canada here yeah yeah so but how sorry that, i did how, do, how does that sort of compare to a uh like a benay brith or something like that is it similar like in the sense that it's a sort of like hardcore pro like there's no wavering it's always pro yeah. this one side yeah thing? That I would say they're very comparable to the Center for Israel and Jewish Affairs and B'nai B'rith and the Weizenthal Center um, in terms of their like hardline ultranationalism that they promote um, while at the same time purporting to represent like all Ukrainian Canadians, but all Ukrainian Canadians aren't um fascist sympathizers right so right and just just as all not all Canadian Jews are uh, extreme Zionists. Um, but um anyways, Get back to what I was saying before, CP reached out to Freeland's office to ask about this uh, UPA, the Ukrainian insurgent army flag that, or scarf that she was holding up. And um, her office sent that request to the Ukrainian Canadian I Congress. saw you either tweet about this or you wrote about it in your NES newsletter and I edited it. Either way, I saw you talking about this. Yeah, I think I sent it to the podcast DM. Like, that is insane. Like, to reach out to a, a, um, one of the highest ranking uh, political officials in Canada's office and to get a response back from an ethnic lobbying organization. Like, can you imagine if Jagmeet, if that happened with Jagmeet Singh when he was getting raked over the coals for, like, his ties to uh, Khalistani, the Khalistani movement? Like, he would have been done. He would have had to resign. It's uh so since we're on this con this topic about Freeland and uh, you know we're <laughs> see if we can really piss listeners off today, but um I just want to say though this isn't about Christia Freeland, right? This no, is something much no, bigger but it's, that she uh, represents. My, the point I'm making here is just that like she is being seen in a very sort of like heroic light by a lot of mm -hmm. people right now, and I would say that it's probably a very tough time to have criticisms of her like if do you know what i mean like do you know how yeah. fucking toast you'd be on twitter if you just brought up her grandfather on twitter right now or if you the 
you know what I'm saying? Like it, she's very, um, she's being held in some pretty high regard. And my struggle yeah, and by, by the, people, I, by people I respect too. Right. And I get yeah, it. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like she's fucking smart as fuck. There's no denying it. She's charismatic. Um, yeah. You know, there there are I, I I definitely see her appeal, but I think that especially at times like these, in times of crisis, we need to hold our um, our leaders to account. But like, how do you do that when the bulk of the the bulk of the population is sort of geared or sort of led? guided in a sense by media and propaganda or whatever toward this it's a good versus evil thing right so because putin is evil right everything on the other side of putin is good right yeah. and that is uh an impossibly hard thing to navigate but we were talking about this before the, uh, the start of the show and i'll just mention it now this morning we both saw on twitter and i think a lot of people will have by now this is saturday march 5th um we saw the Russian theater in Vancouver was vandalized with blue and yellow paint. And, and it's like, man, the fuck are you doing? Like what this, like the, I don't under what kills me is people's ability to separate themselves from whichever of their own leaders they think is a piece of shit. Like they don't like, if you were treated like a piece of shit because Kenny sucks, you'd be like, that's fucking bullshit. He's not me. And if exactly. you hate Trudeau, well, but you like somebody says like, oh, Canada sucks, it's your and, and do you know what I mean? And like blames you for whatever you hate about Trudeau, you'd be like, fuck you. That's not my guy. Like, I don't I don't support that guy yet. Putin, everyone that's Russian is a fucking piece of shit. This is like how you get to an internment camp. Yeah, but Honestly. precisely. And that was that was I mean, Second World War. I mean. I think we agree that that was uh, as close as you can get to a just war um, as can be. We've said this multiple times. We There's nothing wrong with having gone to defeat Adolf Hitler. Like this wasn't, that's, like it was a good the blowback right. that, 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 I mean, we, you know, we had Mark Sakamoto on who's written right. uh, incredibly well about the uh, effects of Japanese internment camps. His, sort of, he exists because of those decisions, which tried fake, try to square that circle in your own head, but go on. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I can relate to that too. I mean, my grandfather was a Canadian soldier in the second world war. Um, well, I don't, I don't think he was a soldier, but he, he was in the air force. And I, yeah. I mean, he met my grandmother when he was, um, in a, uh, Jewish displaced persons camp. Right. Like, um, so I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for the, the, the Shoah, you know, so I, I had I mean, grandparents you know, in the war too. Like, I wonder if our grandparents yeah. knew each other. Like I, my, I had a grandpa on the in other the, side of the, uh, I, no, well, <laughs> no, my grandparents also fought for Canada, even though I am obviously uh, of a German-Ukrainian descent. But oh, you're um, Ukrainian too. I'm so here's the thing. So you. by by name and whatnot, and therefore like the I get a lot more attention for the German part because my last name is Schmidt. But really, I'm actually half English, which is because my parents, my mom's mom, side, my mom's side is like all English. And then my dad's side was like my grandpa was German and my grandmother's Ukrainian. So I'm 
basically half English, a quarter German, a quarter Ukrainian. I'm sure if I did the whole deep dive that people do, I'd find out I'm a whole lot of different things. But I, I'm, I would imagine it's all very white, <laughs> white European. But uh, so, I mean, but yeah, by the time I'm not, I'm not a second generation Canadian, I'm third generation Canadian. So uh, my grandparents across the board were all born in Canada. Anyway, but anyway, so my grandparents, my grand, I've like divorced parents and whatnot. So yeah, so I have two step, I have various grandfathers. And so uh, I have a, a couple on my, um, that both fought in the Second World War for Canada, but they didn't really, they're kind of like your grandparent, your grandfather, I guess I had one in the Air Force and he kind of sat at a desk in Holland doing something. Anyway, that's besides the point. But yeah, I mean, just this notion that that in the, you know the the vast majority of people who are you know standing with Ukraine, even um, you know if whatever issues we may have with how that's framed, you know, wouldn't support attacking Russian churches. I mean, yeah, no, there's a, no. I mean, there's a there's a reason Russian Canadians are in Canada and not Russia, right? Like they don't they like. Do you think they like Putin? And I don't think, and like, right, none of these people who are fucking vandalizing Russian, um, um, you know, communities and fucking, yeah, are listening to our podcast, right? Like, you know, our, our target audience are like good people. Um, and thank you for listening. Yeah, but, absolutely. No, it's, it's not about that. It's, but, it's, but it's about the forces that have been unleashed. Right. And, and, and these are going to, I mean, this is, I mean, with all these foreign fighters now just going to Ukraine to fight anyone, like literally anyone who wants to fight in Ukraine, it's just like, yeah, okay, go. Like you probably have to be vaccinated if you're Canadian, but, um, but other than that, it's, uh, well, so I think they just made it illegal to go fight for Russia, certainly. Right. Which I mean, I, I mean, this is how, this is how countries work during war. Right. Again, like I, my whole, my only problem with the narrative and the way it's being handled and the way people have jumped on board who and like I said some like I have a ton of respect for a lot of these people and it this isn't changing that in any way like I get why people sort of do the hashtag I stand with Ukraine and change everything's to the Ukraine flag and we're all like Putin's a piece of shit and something's got to be done here there's no doubt about it but, but I, I, as I, we know in Sorry, you go ahead. I just think that when we look back, we all we all who listen to this podcast, who 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 have come on this podcast, we all understand when we look back at wars, we can go, okay, well, there was bad things on both sides. Like you know, this isn't the good people on both sides argument. It's just that like war is complicated, and it's more. It's it's always been more than good guy versus bad guy. And yes. Hitler needed to go down and that made us on the right side of the argument. But we've talked about this maybe with, I think it was Tyler, when Tyler was on himself, Shipley, we, we talked about the country, the Western world sort of coattailing that aspect of we defeated the evil guy. And so we're always the good guy. We can look back on different wars and go, well, we weren't always, and maybe war is sometimes actually just about advancing the interests of the capitalist world. And maybe war is really about power, not about freedom. And we can look back on that and everybody goes, yeah, that's the truth. And then a bunch of us turn around and go, 
sort of act sort of forget that for a moment while this is happening and it's like that's what scares me is where it's like how do we help me sort of decide like fit, find the the balance i guess the right way to be completely opposed to putin think that guy needs to go like fucking now but also go like that doesn't necessarily mean it's a we're the superheroes flying in to save the fucking day right it's like everything's the fucking avengers or harry Potter. right i was, There's I was just talking about that on the other show like we right like we kind of created putin right like the 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 insanity of this like once the soviet union fell we then the western world put our boot on their throat and we sanctioned the living shit out of the human beings that live in this that were from russia and it it devastated that country they went into extreme poverty and oh look at that an, an ultra nationalist fucking nut job comes out of that who by the way is a capitalistic oligarch not a communist right yeah he he rises from the ashes of that, that and he and then we are we eventually are like oh my god we got to get rid of this guy it's happened time and time again that's how osama bin laden was created well, it's, it's on, on that on that topic too, uh, Osama bin Laden was created because the Russians, the Soviet Union, invaded Afghanistan. Right. Which we again, like, here's is some, here's a some bit more training. But, yeah, like, literally, yeah. it's like anyone wants to fight Russia, go for it, go. And again, so many refugees in Afghanistan were created. They went to Pakistan, where they were further radicalized. Right. In, in, you know, in the mosques and whatnot, and. I mean, you, how can you not see the parallel now with anyone? Literally, yeah. I mean, the Globe and Mail did this puff piece on this like 18-year-old uh, guy from Toronto who's going to fight in Ukraine. He's wearing a hat that with the logo of right sector, which is you know one of the neo-Nazi militias. They're not, I don't think they're officially in the Ukrainian right. military like Azov, but they're they're there and they're only gonna get more powerful because we're not putting any safeguards on right. we're just like hey man on, any enemy of russia is a friend of ours right now yeah and we and like we never learn right and we never it's literally learn. the same country we're fighting and this it's is very thing. different this uh, is the whole know, point state. is like we have this argument that you know sanctions or or force sanctions or force or whatever i just want people to zoom out a little bit and not not to necessarily make you decide that you oppose the sanctions right now i'm not saying that but watch how we handle this not over the 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 the, the course of the invasion but what we kind of do afterwards because it i mean it seems like the, it, maybe we're going to be wrong but i'd like to think that the eventual end of this is that putin fucking pulls out and like stops this shit because like the world is like basically excluding it economically and whatever but you watch how the Western, if he does that, if he does back down, which man, I should probably be careful about predicting he will, but let's say he does back down, watch how we handle it after that. Because if we just put our fucking boot back on his throat and about on the Russian people's throat, it's the cause and effect of what comes out of that down the road, what we create from that. And that's what we don't understand, like that people have like never learn about ISIS, our creation, essentially cause and effect from Western actions. 
right? Al-Qaeda, cause and effect from Western actions. Adolf Hitler was cause and effect from Western actions. We defeated Germany, but then we didn't just defeat them, right? In World War I, the Great War, right? We didn't just beat Germany. We, fin we, we finished him, right? Like we moral combat, like once we were done, we fucked them over. You're muted. And so the, the, the German people were absolute, not only did it create Hitler himself, but it created a mass of people that were like willing to listen to Hitler and go, yeah, make Germany great again. Exactly. Pick your version and of that slogan. It's existed a dozen times in the last century alone. Also, I, I like the, at this point is not, it's not quite analogous to world war two and I'm hoping it, it stays that way. Yeah. No know? kidding. But um, I mean, there, I mean, there's going to, I mean, it's like also the war in Syria, again, like pro-Russian government. It's like, all right, anyone who wants to go fight there, like go for it. Um, same thing happened as Afghanistan. Um, you know, we're still dealing with the consequences of that. Obviously, Assad is, you know, one of the most brutal tyrants alive. And I know some people on the left would uh, um, be upset that I said that. But I mean, these guys are monsters. And, and the, 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 you know, the, the US empire creates these monsters to go out and destroy. But they're also at the same time, they're monsters, right? And I, I think it is important to... to acknowledge that while also acknowledging the the broader history and context because yeah I, I mean as, as you noted it, like Putin's rise is a direct result of the failures of uh the fall of communism like you can't um uh you can't separate the two and i mean the problem you know what, what i'm wondering what your take on scott is because a lot of people say like okay yes that's all true but at the same time putin's invading ukraine now so you can talk about historical context and all this but what do you do like how should we respond um and uh you know i mean that that's a question that i i think is often uh weaponized in bad faith but it, it it, it is, I, I think that's what a lot of us on the left struggle with is not just criticizing the status quo, but like offering an alternative. So like, what, like, what, what can we do about like, right. The so here's I mean, my, that's, here's my I mean, yeah. Okay. Let's hear it. First of all, obviously we don't have the like we're not on the inside like the, if i'm a general in the military and i hear what i'm about to see on the park well, who the fuck is this guy to talk about who the fuck are we to talk about it not really anybody except for the fact that like we are trying to approach something with some type of logic here so i can't pretend to say like i have a fucking solution that is just gonna work and if like be one of those douchebags that gets on the internet and says why don't you just do this and everything will be fine this is a very complicated situation. There's no doubt that Putin has to be dealt with in whatever fashion your brain wants to, to, to decide that. My thing would be, I guess, like the best I could say is 
surely in 2022 with all of the military experience and historical data and everything we understand about the world surely somebody out there in our in the western world can figure out a way to isolate putin and his and his government more with what we're doing and less blanket effect on the russian people with every move we make like i understand like if it's not sanctions, is it just straight up war there? Like, I don't know, but I know that sanctions on the Russian people will build loyalty to Putin, not to us. Right. It emboldens him. It helps Correct. him rally the people around the cause. Look at these people. They're destroying us. We need to fight right. them. And, and you think, I mean, and like you talk about the CBC, sorry, I let you talk and say this, the CBC being state media. No, like the Russia has actual state fucking media that is like full on providing misinformation to its own people uh, regarding like how this is happening. So if you don't think they'll up the propaganda of in the face of sanctions with like, look how fucking cruel and evil the West is. And believe me, believe me, I don't give a fuck who you, what side you're on. You can find things about the Western world that are pretty fucking evil. So if you want to convince somebody on the other side of a uh, uh, in, in Russia, that the West is kind of shitty. It isn't going to be all that fucking hard. And I'm I'm just saying in what yes we have people protesting no more war in the streets. But if you don't think that we are, our own media will play that up as if the all of Russia is against Putin, they aren't. Some of them aren't. Okay, and we don't want to give much opportunity you're muted again we don't want to give much opportunity for that shit to grow well i was different than letting pat king hang out with fucking whatever that uh comics or whatever the woman that was offering up her house to to house him or whatever who's like i didn't even know who he was it's like i i don't want us to make all of our focus on something that hurts the russian people more than anything and gives the Russian people reason to be like, yeah, fucking fuck the West. I just don't want that to happen. So can we defeat Putin without doing that? I, I don't know. I'm not the guy. I just think that, that that's how I would approach it as an advocate. Like, can we not fuck over the Russian people just because Putin is an absolute piece of shit? Well, well yeah. I, I mean, exactly. I mean, sanctions kill people, right? And um... The, it, I mean, again, we—it's great. It is great to see these protests against the war in Russia, but that—that—that's a minority of the population, um, right? Just as you know, when Israelis demonstrate against, um, you know, the occupation. Alex Ovechkin's in the in the in the U.S. Capitol with a fucking Putin Instagram profile pic <laughs> or whatever, right? Like, yeah. like the guy has fans, man. I'm telling you, like. Well, yeah, he, do, he does. And again, we're sort of all, all, all these, uh, you know, uh, Putin fans that are, um, you know, f- famous celebrities who have sort of uh, made like being pro-Putin as part of their brand are now being demanded they like disavow or I mean, that that's cancel that that's literally cancel culture. It's not fucking right. people calling Jordan Peterson an asshole. That's like 
like I think there's an orchestra conductor or, or or something. Like I'm not talking about the oligarchs. The oligarchs can eat shit, right. but there are also anti-Putin oligarchs that seems right. to get lost in the conversation. But um, I mean, again, if you're a Russian, if you're just like your average Russian person, like not not educated, just like the average north american right. person exactly is. like like just an not, idiot like a right. dumb guy like doesn't really yeah how many people like we all do you them. meet in a day and are like that guy's really smart yeah it's not, not it's you know what i mean it's like seven of ten people you come across you're like yikes yeah <laughs> you know uh-oh that person all this tells people. you you're under attack and again um i know it's same for ukrainians when they're literally being invaded by russia but i mean again this didn't putin didn't just decide one day to invade ukraine this is a result of decades of uh u.s foreign policy that encroached upon what russia regards as its sphere of influence and i mean again i i mean we can and should like criticize russia for behaving in the same way that the united states does it, it um, react it's its reaction to nato over the years hasn't really been much different than how our reaction would be if there was a equivalent that was set up to defend itself against us yeah yeah right? like, like we you're not be going fond to, of that you're not like, going to act in this like well that's okay i get that like if russia was putting military bases in canada pretty sure the u.s would start thinking about invading canada in the i'm against that i'm against all war in, in invasions but we have to understand how we got to this point right in cause order and to effect is it. that's that's just the key right and we we have to at least approach this situation from saying okay listen once again we are on the right side of a specific conflict with regards to a guy that is currently an aggressor invading another country who doesn't want them there is bad we get that right it's just approach this from the understanding that like all of this shit is very like uh it leads to all everything was sort of built out of something else that was done in history and people throughout history have really just sort of been trying to clean up messes that they they really made themselves and we're at, at a like a precipice of that in our fucking lifetime where it's just like in every in every aspect of your life our own sort of political leader and their ambitions has is a fucking mess climate change covid pandemic russia in ukraine all of these things are really born out of our own behaviors and maybe not you and me but certainly the behaviors of how our world's powers operate and control things and what and matters to them and i think that's a good opportunity to maybe bring the conversation back to home right because we're talking about the climate crisis we're talking about ukraine russia uh jason kenny i mean i just saw today is like quote tweeting elon musk um, oh, for fuck's being sake. like i didn't say it he did and it's like like okay I like elon, musk, also elon said, musk be like the epitome of like an anti-oil guy because he's like trying to like well no he, he's it, doing that no, no no no, he's doing that thing where it's like it pains me to admit this 
but we need to increase oil and gas production in a major way now. And um, oh, I don't know. A few people uh, like come out. A Stanford professor was saying that I was against Keystone until now. Yeah, like it's okay. just like shut up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like go. <laughs> like seriously, these are serious. I mean, like people aren't. I mean. Uh, I, you know, I mean, people are calling for a no-fly zone now over over Ukraine, which sounds nice. No-fly zone. Okay, cool. So no one can fly there, right? No, it's we fly there and we shoot down their planes if they fly there. And like, is that going to solve anything? Well, right? no. This it's, is it's, it's increasing oil and gas production to to stick it to Russia going to solve anything no the 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 old western tricks to handle regimes that we don't like will continue to not work at convincing their people to like join the like our side or whatever right like i was gonna say this earlier it's a good point like time to make the point it's not hard for if you think like watch the way our leaders sell to the people all of the evils about like China's and Russia's and and whatnot, right? Like, ooh, the like everybody is under the thumb of the Chinese government in China, and they have terrible human rights records. And look at this child labor and all these things. Yeah, so we all look at that and we go, yeah, they're terrible. Do you not think it's possible to take atrocities and things that we have committed ourselves in North America and sell that to? the Chinese or the Russian people that maybe we like to exaggerate, uh, you know, indigenous genocide or, uh, you know, people have like, you, you, you think you couldn't sell to somebody on the other side of the world that nearly no First Nations have clean drinking water. Like you could make, you could exaggerate everything that we're doing poorly and make somebody on the other side of the world think that we are evil, terrible human rights records. So just remember that we're doing the same thing to those countries too. And I'm not, it, it's, it doesn't mean that I'm defending China or Russia or any other regime. I'm not defending Canada's, that's the point, or, or North or, or the United States' regimes anymore. Like, what do they really fucking do for us? They're not that great. So I'm just saying, be careful of how you approach a fight with Russia here. Because if you're not careful, it gets to vandalizing Russian theaters. And eventually we, we, we have so many people turning on just Russian people who live here. And all of a sudden they're in internment camps again. Like if you think that that's a history that can't repeat itself, you're not, you're fucking drunk. I don't know what else to say. But Hey, uh, the price of oil is up and, uh, we so have you tried balance- to bring it back home and I went right back to Russia. No, but no, yeah. but I did too. I did too. But, um, I think cause we started off talking about, I think I started the conversation talking about something I wrote, which led to the past, uh, you know, half an hour. Um, you wrote something too that is uh, yeah. pretty related to uh, world events, but in a local context. So, like, um, we did it. 
the the budget's balanced. Yeah, you know, we're, we're holding the everybody's full like, side. I obviously all like, we needed was a little war. And, Absolutely, uh, and the good news is, is like my utility bills went right back down immediately. Gas is like seventy cents a liter, so that's fine. Food yeah. costs like nothing, right? Yeah. Like thanks to the balanced budget and the high oil prices, my life personally has gotten better tenfold. Yeah, I don't have to pay rent. No, absolutely. Like nothing's nothing's been more expensive, right? Like everything yeah. is better, right? Like we're fine. It's great. Yeah. So that's what I wrote about, which was basically um, just reminding everyone. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of my fans read my stuff. It's not like I'm talking directly to them uh, because I am trying to write to uh, people in Medicine Hat mostly and uh, a, a conservative base of just not to say like you're dumb for being conservative. I get why people are conservative, especially like the ones that like were my age during the fucking eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties. Like I get it. Like, obviously I get it. I'm just trying to make the point to people that it's like, not really like our politics aren't really like they used to be and these kinds of things. So I was just sort of um, trying to come at people from the angle of like, so now that the balance, the budget is balanced, like, is anything better? Like, are you happy now? Like everything's all good. Right. And then I kind of wrote a, uh, talked a little bit, which I've touched on several times in the past about how little Alberta actually benefits from its oil sands. Like how just the, the shocking number, uh, 70, about 70% of the oil sands production is foreign owned and, uh, therefore out of here, you know, like money leaves, uh, shareholders just american shareholders alone double canadian shareholders these kinds of things and then i talked a little bit about just how you know we charge a eight percent corporate tax norway's charges like 23 percent talked a little bit about how these other major oil producing nations get uh what you might call a fair deal for their resources whereas uh, albertans who think fair deals are the most important thing in the entire universe sure don't seem to mind that we have never gotten a fair deal for our resources. So I reminded them of that. I mentioned a little bit about how jobs aren't actually continuing to go. Uh, like just because they're returning to pre-pandemic levels doesn't mean they're not tens of thousands less than they were uh, seven, eight years ago. And uh, not, uh, not returning at the pace production is returning. So nothing to be excited about. And then I went on to say, like, not only all of that, but then we took all the money we did get and we did nothing with it. We just made a deficit that means fuck all go away. Like, uh, and we're just like, eh, debt servicing costs. So that's what I wrote about. I think it kind of got lost in the abyss today, which is fine. I understand people's focus is on the Ukraine. So is mine a lot, I, you know, so. Uh, but Don't I call it the something. Ukraine. I'll get yeah. you in trouble. Did I well, say the Ukraine? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the ECC will be writing us a strong oh, word. Jesus Christ. Well, no, I'm pretty sure they uh, prefer to like ignore our existence, which I mean is smart. Yeah. So anyway. No, also, I, I don't think they're aware of our existence. That I don't know if it, Bill but... Burton's would be so focused on, on uh, Ukraine and Russia that they miss this opportunity to see what a balanced budget really does do for them, which is nothing. And like, I think that um, if people really pay attention to the fact that uh, the, they're, everything that they're paying for is the record costs at price it's ever been. Like everything is just fucking expensive. 
and your government spent nothing to make that better. And I realized like, as I was publishing that column, Kenny was announcing um, that the government's going to do something in relief of the high gas prices, gasoline prices, petrol prices, if you're listening from a foreign country. Here's the thing about that. Maybe, but I know that the uh, assistance that they provided in the budget a week ago for, let's say, natural gas, which is going through the roof, is they will give a rebate beyond the number so astronomically high it's never going to get that high anyway. So I don't know what this rebate is that they're planning on, on giving people or what how they're planning on assisting people with their gasoline costs. Um, but anyway, at any rate, I don't think it's going to be all that much. They certainly didn't. Uh, I, the, the money that they in, bragged about increasing for the uh, health care budget, for example, is all going towards ICU beds that they won't be able to staff. And they're just trying to find places to stick people who are dying so they don't have to shut shit back down. And then the money that they increased it in, increased in education is all going towards a curriculum change that nobody fucking wants. So like they're, they're paying this money to facilitate this change, give people the ability to bring in a curriculum in six months that nobody wants to teach. So and uh, you're forgetting also uh, that that money in particular is also going to charter schools, which. Uh, right, right. I, I should are, have said that. I, mean, I did miss, miss that in my column, actually, but I was no. more focused on the fact that like. I, I haven't actually like, have you looked at the budget? I, I haven't. I, I've been, my mind has been so long. I did. I did read the bulk of it uh, the first night that I went uh, that it came out as I tend to do now since I started writing this column I at the time I didn't even write a column last week but at the time when the budget came out I thought well fuck I got to respond to this in my column so I like went through the budget all Thursday evening into the night and then I was just so tired of it and tired physically I just didn't write that week because I was like I don't even know what to say about all this like I don't have time to like really 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 go through it but so I kind of I would say like I more skimmed it than like poured over it but like i definitely looked at it and it's well, very much exactly what you it's it's t- I mean, like if there wasn't think about it this way if there wasn't a um like 11 probably could push 18 billion dollar gift in oil revenues oil and gas revenues the budget would look exactly like all their budgets have looked Any raise is really a cut, you know, cuts. Like, how do you think they had their, they're increasing spending in certain areas and their forecasted spending, their budgeted spending is like a couple hundred million dollars more than what their budgeted expenditures were going to be last year. So like, they're not their budget. The budget's the same as any other budget. It's bullshit. But they're going to sell like uh, we balanced it, and that matters. And everybody, how badly do people have Albertans been conditioned that budget budget balancing matters? So I just tried to be like, try to watch over the next year if this really makes a difference to you. If anything gets better, oh, your life. We got to make your life cheaper. No one ever does that. That's called capitalism. It's never going to fucking happen. 
But you're forgetting about our grandchildren who won't have to pay off our debt. <laughs> right, right. It will be right. good for them. Right. And this is the thing, like, you're not paying off your grandparents' debt, so I don't know why the fuck you would be stupid enough to believe that your grandkids Wait, I'm not have to pay off yours. I'm, are you? <laughs> I thought it was in my income tax. Uh, Every boomer earnings. that would be listening to this, thanks for listening, by the way, you guys are awesome, but, like, everyone in my parents' age bracket grew up on deficit wow. spending. I don't give a fuck if, like, you were in Alberta where sometimes it didn't happen. You grew up in Canada. It was happening every fucking year. Yeah. I mean, the only, until... I mean, Kretchen and Paul Martin paid some back, but what good did that do? Oh, they, I mean, Kretchen and Martin, like, like, I don't think people give them enough credit for like destroying the Canada's Canada's uh, like social safety net. What like, are you talking about? They balanced the budget. The deficit. <laughs> good for them. Yeah. I mean, literally, and it, because that was all the fucking Canadian Alliance talked about. So they're like, all right, well, we'll destroy the uh, social safety net yeah. and then we'll win the election. And then, yay, it will be, everyone will be happy because the liberals are in yeah. charge. The- Even though they're doing exactly, they're, they're doing exactly what the Alliance wanted to do, except um you know they weren't like throwing gay people in jail right right which to be clear isn't actually what the alliance wanted to do but they were homophobic people could just never do the zoom out math on shit it's like first of all the money you borrow now is going to be not worth that in 10 15 years money gets worth less but you don't it's not like the you know what i mean like it and and bondholders and all the shit how money gets lent to us or lent to us fucking quote unquote the, the whole game is that they're making their money off of our debt servicing costs. And as long as they have that, to, they'll fucking lend us this, this, they will lend us the money. Like it'll exist forever. There's no end to it. You guys, if you keep the, the, the scarcity is what allows them to have wealth. This, 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 this idea that there's fucking money doesn't go on trees. It fucking literally does. <laughs> And it has the value we've assigned to it. That's it. That's it. We can make as much of it as we want. Inflation. Look at it. Like, you're fucked now. Like, why would you not want to fucking have, like, free money coming in to deal with some of this shit? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, why, if your government's not spending it on you, the fuck are they there for? Well, but but even who gives a shit about the deficit? Like who? Of course, like, who gives like a it's shit? It's literally, it's literally people who the 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 people have no reason to worry about it. The people, no, no. right? Like you go to a fucking food bank, which shouldn't yeah. exist, but they they yeah. do. Talk to someone about food bank. Do you think they give a fuck about their deficit? Do you think they like, like no? They want fucking food. Yeah, they, they want to be able to feed themselves. Yeah. They, they, they want to have a roof over their head. They we can do a whole episode things. right now on how much money is tied up in charities too for no fucking reason. And if you really like, you say like, we have no money to pay for anything. Give no reason to have <laughs> charity and you'll save a lot of money too. Uh, yeah, well, I got to be somewhere uh, pretty soon. So unfortunately we don't have that. Well, no, uh, I'm just saying we could do, do a, a deep podcast dive on, charities, on that is all I'm saying. Like it's- Yeah, a, we, and we should maybe- uh, The money we us. fucking waste to deal with the fact that this system sucks balls 
This idea that fixing it would be too expensive to do is just mind-bogglingly stupid. What do you have yeah. for final thoughts? Maybe we should wrap up because it's just the, it's just you and I yapping at each other. And by the way, uh, uh, our newest uh, top tier patron said I was delightful. So I was almost like, hey, like, does she know <laughs> which show she's listening to? Like, is yeah. she mean to like message literally anyone but me? But um, she you know, called you in particular delightful. I I feel like it because I messaged her and said like and and I didn't like end it with the forgotten corner club. I had ended right, the right, message right. with Scott, and then she replied and said, "You are delightful." Maybe she meant both of us, but I tried to like steal all of you the in the plural. Yeah, like you guys. <laughs> That's right. So no, it's fine. I'm not mad. I'm no, not no, mad. absolutely not. But I'm the point mad. was that we we spent I a lot of time am. being fucking anything but delightful on this show so thanks to anyone that uh sits and listens to us around but anyways final especially if you don't agree with us like respect for like listening to us um ramble about whatever for like an hour that i wonder um, what percentage of our listeners actually agree with like everything we say it's probably not well i I would hope none of them agree with everything not everything but you know what i mean like they they just like our vibe yeah, which is also nuts, but I mean, I appreciate it. I like our vibe. I mean, but yeah. that's, it's just you and me. So final thoughts before we let everybody go and we get on with our day. Oh, by the way, uh, we should say that we had to do this today because our, should have said this at the beginning, but we had a guest, <laughs> a really great guest planned for today. And uh, she had to pull out last second. So that's why we ended up doing it just us. And uh, hopefully, hopefully this person will be on the show uh, again coming up soon but we'll see how everything is she's like extremely extremely busy person so um we get it but anyway it would have been an amazing episode so we apologize for just ranting in your ear for an hour but anyway final thoughts last time <laughs> sorry um you know it's shitty out there um on like so many fronts and right. um it's really hard to like um, remain steadfast and like optimistic mm-hmm. just when like, it seems like the whole world is um, just working against everyone's interest, yeah. but um, you know, systems exist because people uphold them. And um, look, I'm not like an organizer or anything. Like I, I can't tell right. you, you know, we interview these types of people, but I don't, I mean, I, right. I don't have any idea, coherent idea what the solutions are, but, um, you know, the, the first step is at least having these discussions and uh, thinking critically about how things got to this point. Um, and, and that, you know, I think applies to like anything you read about in the newspaper, right? Like, how did we get here? Like, ask yourself that. Yeah, cause and effect. What, what what decisions do we make in the past that lead to today? And then how can our decisions today be smarter because of it? Think about, think about what happens in five, 10 years, because it matters a lot. We, 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 we think of our world in these quarterly terms, you know, like this is our world. This is like everything's short term, right? 
it's extremely important that we start to learn that like how we operate as a society has a very, very, very long-term effect on, on what we can and cannot deal with down the road. So if, you know, if you really do like live your life because I, my grandkids can't deal with this debt or whatever, like think of what else your grandkids are going to have to deal with if we don't stop giving all of our fucks about the economy solve problems who fucking cares we have the means trust me i want to distribute more money that we just make out of nowhere and then just assign value to fucking knock yourself out but just stop being bound by it it's created all of the shit around us and it's not a fucking way to exist and we cannot just continue to to support that and we uphold it because we kind of have to but supporting it is something that we have to start like realizing anyway yes you're right it's fucking easy as shit for us to sit on our asses over here and say this and then let you guys handle the activism side of it but we spend our whole lives dealing with the stuff with work and whatnot so i mean we're trying this is our part um and if that wasn't so necessary that i would try to be more you know I, I struggle with that sometimes there's are we doing as much as we can through journalism and whatnot but with a, with enough propaganda like journalism out there trying to fucking convince you how great the west is and shit this is needed stuff too so thank you for being here for as long as you guys were um it's the time in the show where we should thank those of our patrons who go above and beyond everything they could ever do I say the same thing every week, but <laughs> never gets easier. It never gets easier. But anyway, um, welcome still. And our newest uh, top tier patron, Farah Chaudhry, appreciate you. Uh, Nicola Dinacola, Chris Durwell, Dave Bonmiller, Darius Beregard, the big red machine. Thank you guys so much. Um, we have, I, I, I haven't done it in a couple of weeks. So maybe next week we will do it. But Andre's advice about mentioning the one dollar three dollar tiers during the show worked a little bit because we've actually had some people come aboard with a dollar a month or a three dollar a month and that means a lot to us uh as well as uh those that give the um top tier cash and we really do appreciate you guys showing yeah, up yeah. every week right i mean it's pretty crazy so we appreciate it's that. It's crazy out there. And like, there's so much shit going on. So uh, <laughs> it means a lot that you can, you'll dedicate an hour um, plus to your To hear more about us. it after yeah. you're done immersing yourself. Well, in there, also, I mean, there are so many podcasts out there and it is really humbling that, um, you know, we, we have, have people, people that come to ours. Yeah. Like listen to us instead of, I don't know, like Radio Lab or some shit. Yeah. 100%. It's, it is humbling, and we do appreciate everybody. And I hope we say that enough or give that off enough. And uh, also, lastly, uh, to those of us in those top tiers, to those in the top tiers, we that we got your addresses for the other a uh, couple months ago. Jeremy has mailed that <laughs> finally. Yeah, it's right? in the mail. It is in the mail. So, it our apologies the for the tardiness on that. But good things come to those who wait. Or something yep, that's that's i i that my parents taught me that growing up that's right that's right so yeah. we're just fashionably late is all fashionably late but anyways um yeah let's get out of here Bye 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 see you guys see you next week